Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed. I wish this is not sports. This is tech. Well, anyway, good news on the tech front today. This is Tech Talk right here on High FM. And we always bring you the latest news, the latest happenings, and of course, the latest toys. In fact, I've got a, a late toy here, something that came back from the dead, the Nokia 3110, but we'll talk about that in my gadget slot. But uh, certainly turns heads and a very interesting little device. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Right now, I'm happy to share. I went to a really interesting event last week with no other than a little company called Telcom. Now, Telcom, which used to be the company that everybody loves to hate, has done uh, somewhat of a turnaround in the last couple of years and has suddenly become the company to watch in the telco sort of communication space because, surprise, surprise, of all the government companies out there, it's making money. And that's always a good thing. And it's doing some really, really interesting things. If you recall, uh, about a year, year and a bit ago, they launched their freemie packages on mobile. And um, a huge hit because, very simply, they seem to have grasped what people actually do on their mobile phones today. Now, a lot of people do send SMSs, those old things that warn you that your money's disappearing from your bank account. And or make the odd phone call, you know, those phone calls, not WhatsApp calls, phone calls from a phone number uh, also seems to be going a little out of fashion. But that's exactly what Telcom realized, that they, um, that it was all about data. It had nothing to do with voice. It had nothing to do with anything else. The packages were all about data and their mobile data was all about that, exactly. The new packages, the new freemie packages where you bought data, you got free voice calls, you got free SMSs because that was just part of the deal, and you simply paid for your data. Well, the good news is, and this is what the, they've announced starting 1 August, which is two days ago, uh, they've completely changed how the home line um, is going to be billed and paid for. So basically, any fixed internet, be it LTE Plus or LTE, which they sell, or ADSL, which they sell, or fiber, which they now sell, all of those things are going to be treated like one type of connectivity, which again is really smart. And what they are is talking about two things, line speed, and that's it. Well, two things, line speed and voice calls. Voice calls are now free, whatever your package is, and uh, line speed is the only thing that you need to worry about. Now, a lot of people have moaned and complained over the ages that, you know, ADSL is really slow and um, has, you know, not the greatest service. However, there's still million people connected via ADSL. And for those million people, what they've proposed is the following. If you're on a two, two meg package, um, you are now going to be upgraded to four meg at no extra cost. And if you well, you may be upgraded if you accept their new package, but these packages are all pretty much month-to-month for what I understand. And here's the deal. You would pay for an uncapped 4-meg package on ADSL or fiber or wireless, whichever it is, $5.99 a month, and that's it. That includes everything. That's your 4-meg uncapped internet. There's a little fair use policy of 360 gigs, and I must tell you, I think it'll be quite hard for you to beat that on a four meg line. But anyway, give it a shot. Let's see if any of you guys can do it. But for 5.99, you get uncapped, unshaped, to mostly uh, packages, and they throw in, and this is where it gets really interesting. All telecom to telecom calls, mobile and fixed, are free. Not a bad little benefit that. So you can make as many calls as you like, talk for as long as you like to someone who's on a telecom mobile or landline, and it's 100% free, which is really interesting. But where it starts getting super competitive is when you get to the higher speed packages. The 10 meg package is 799. The 20 meg, these are the line speeds, the 20 megabits per second line speed. Um, on ADSL fiber, it doesn't matter which way you connect, is 999. The 40 megabits per second um, is 1299. And the 100 megabits per second fiber, which is the only one that you can get it on, is 1699. And that's quite interesting. You've got a fair use policy of 6 terabytes. So they were... 
going on about how, um, uh, you know, data has fallen and the cost of data has fallen. And in fact, it has. I mean, that's a significant thing. And that amount includes your line rental. It includes everything. And the phone calls are all at a fairly low price. And if you're interested in this, all you have to do um, is contact Telcom. They are going to be contacting you. But you contact Telcom and they will then upgrade you. No, no cost, no charge to the new packages. And from what I've seen, compared to the standard packages that you have now, which are capped, it's sometimes, some of them are significantly cheaper. The 100 megabits per second significantly cheaper. But the 4 and 10 meg, I think, are 50 rand more. And for that 50 rand more, you're getting unlimited phone calls, plus you're getting unlimited data, which changes the way that you work and changes the way that um, you use the Internet. So... Kudos to uh, Telcom. I'm very impressed with how um, these new home packages work. And I think they're doing it for two major reasons. One, the number of fixed lines has been dropping steadily over the, cup, over the last couple of years. People are using their mobile phones. They really don't need a home phone anymore. And as fiber is rolling out across South Africa, as mobile data is getting more and more competitive and mobile fixed data is getting more and more competitive – Telcom are having a hard time trying to justify why you should pay 120 rand a month just to have a line, then pay for phone calls, then pay for ADSL, then pay for an ISP. And this package does away with all of that. One price for everything. Phone calls, data, connectivity, line, you name it. It's all there and it's all in. So have a look. I think it's a a great deal. Not all of us, unfortunately, have fiber yet. A lot of people are still using their ADSL lines. And this is an absolute no-brainer. For a maximum at the lowest package of 50 Rand extra a month, you're getting all sorts of benefits. And um, it's it's just no – makes perfect sense. And as we start streaming and doing all sorts of interesting things on the Internet, this is certainly, I think, the way to go. Now, the the other story of this week, which is really interesting to follow and something that a lot of guys have been talking about of late, is our dear friends at Apple. Now, Apple is that company that everyone lo- <laughs> can't stop talking about and it gets a little bit political and it certainly does get a little bit religious in some instances. But the real truth is Apple have done some amazing things and certainly did reinvent um, the the phone as we know it, and uh, they they launched their res- well not launched they announced their results um, this this uh, last week, and they were surprisingly good. In fact, they were so good that for most part their shares went straight over um, their highest that they've ever been in in a long 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 time. And what pushed them, which was again quite surprising, considering that the new um, iPhone is expected in six six weeks. That's right. We're in August. By the second week of September, they are going to um, they are going to announce the iPhone eight, and that's just a, a given. There's no question. But by the middle of September, we'll know what the new iPhone eight looks like and what their new products look like. But the results for the last quarter um, really is quite impressive. How they've posted a massive. Uh, $8.7 billion profit, which uh, is impressive. But what's more impressive is that despite the fact that uh, there's a new phone coming in the next quarter, they sold 41 million iPhones. But the surprise of the results, and this is after months and months, in fact, years of declining sales for the iPad, their new iPad Pro seems to have really hit a, a sweet spot. People are buying them in ever-increasing amounts, and they've had an increase in iPad Pro sales or iPad sales. They don't break them down into Pro or not Pro, but they've had a massive increase in iPad sales. I think they sold nearly 11 million uh, iPads in the last quarter. So all of that is really, really good news. But what they also said is that all their new models um, – that are coming are going to be running their latest version of, of iOS 11. And that again, they expect to bring a lot of, a big bump to the, uh, iPad products because iOS 11 now makes the iPad a lot more like a computer. So overall, a really incredible set of a res- set of results from Apple and, um, r- pushed their share price, created massive, uh, 
excitement in the market and just shows that there's legs in the in the tech game. And on that note, we're going to have a quick break for an advert, and then we'll be back with some more news and uh, interesting happenings in the tech world. Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Hi there, and welcome back. And the one thing I just forgot to mention because uh, on this is to do with the Apple results. A really fascinating thing has played out. The wearables, if you recall about a year ago, everyone was talking about wearables. Wearables was the new thing, watches, smartwatches, health trackers, you name them. All sorts of wearable technology was going to be the next big thing in tech. And um, there were just a plethora of little products shooting out there, and everyone was getting in on the act. And then in the last year, that seems to have just faded away. Um, Jawbone, one of the big competitors in the wearable market, has gone insolvent, closed down. Um, Fitbit certainly have launched a lot of new products, but there's been a rumor of a smartwatch from them for ages. Nothing much has happened there, all gone very quiet. And yet, quietly in the background, sales of Apple Watches were up 50% in the, the quarter that ended in June. And it is now, without a shadow of doubt, the number one smelling s- smartwatch in the world for a very wide margin. And where this is all coming from, and this is what's really interesting, is that the health and the, the fact that they're waterproof and all the health-type um, applications of the watch seem to be what's driving the sales. So they've got now built-in GPS, they've got waterproofing. So there's a... You know, there's a lot going on with the new watches. And so obviously Apple have read this market really well, and um, they certainly seem to be doing things. The one little interesting factor that came out just before the results, and they didn't even mention it much, is that the iPod is now finished. It's done. It's gone. The good old iPod, the Nano, all of them are no longer on the website. They're no longer available for sale. So if you really were thinking about getting one, maybe now's the time because they're going to fade away into history. Obviously, the phone has killed it. But the fact is sometimes you want an iPod rather than a big phone running around. Anyway, the, that was you know one of the little things that happened in the Apple world just before um, the big results announcement. Now, another company released a, a really pleasing set of results today. And it just shows you that in the doom and gloom and the so-called technical recession we're in and all the bad times that we're having, the mobile operators, Vodacom, released their results last week, and they were really decent. And now MTN have released their results today for um, the interim results for the year. And guess what? The results were pretty good. On a group level, they did extremely well. But I think for you and I, we're more worried or more interested in what's happening in the South African context. And... Um, Good news, their subscribers increased by 1.5%. They've now got 31.2 million subscribers. So when you start doing the numbers and adding up, there's over 80 million mobile connections in South Africa. Now, not all of them are people, but uh, everyone you know has at least got one or two, and I up to average by having at least four or five connections. But the... um, there's no question that the number of connections far exceed the number of people in the country. Their revenue went up in real terms, all sorts of technical stuff about currency conversions and hyperinflation and, and things like that, but their revenue increased by 1.6%. Um, services revenue also increased, and the difference between that, overall revenue is just straight revenue, but revenue from services um, increased, which is always interesting. But this is the big one, and it's just an ongoing story. We were having this discussion earlier today. Everything's about data. Their data revenue increased by 18.5%, and their digital revenue, that's revenues for other services around that, increased by 37%. So really interesting to see what's going on. And they seem to have overhauled their network quite considerably. They put a lot of money in last year. Um, they're not spending quite as much this year on, the, on improving their network, but still they've focused very much on, on improving the um, – Quality of the network, improving their quality of their customer services. And it'll be interesting. You can actually tweet if you want. Let me know what you think of uh, MTN over the last little while. Has their customer 
um, service improved, you can tweet me at MBO, A-M-B-I-O, at MBO, and tell me if uh, you feel that somehow MTN services, voice calls, have you got any dropped calls, if things have improved with MTN over the last little while. They seem to, you know, they were sharing stats that show that they've definitely done a lot of work in that space, and they've improved the quality of their data network. Can't argue with that. I use it, and I'm very impressed. Their voice network has improved. My personal experience in the areas that I travel um, definitely has improved. And uh, luckily, I've not had to deal with them on a customer services level, other than send the money every month for the phone I use. Um, so I can't comment on that. But good news, and it's always good news to see that, uh, you know, companies are doing well despite the tough times out there. And with all these data must fall things, the other thing they mentioned is that their data, their average revenue for data, even though it had increased in volume because of the growth, the cost per meg had also dropped again this year. And again, I expect that to happen more and more. We're going to see a lot of costs drop. And uh, here's an interesting little titbit that came out also yesterday. It had nothing to do with the MTN results. But ICASA say that they want to get rid of the out-of-bundle data. It doesn't make sense that when you're in bundle, you pay $0.09 cents a meg. And when you're out of bundle and you've used up your bundle and sometimes you forget, you're busy, you don't even realize you get an SMS, um, and suddenly you're paying 2 rand, or in the case of MTN, $0.99 cents a megabyte. So they're looking, ICASA, that's the body that controls this, is looking to get rid of this massive disparity. I think there'll always be a difference between in-bundle and out-of-bundle, but it doesn't make sense that uh, you can be charged $0.09 cents if you buy a gig of data. And uh, if you run out of that gig and start using it per meg, you land up paying stupid amounts like one rand a meg, which means you're paying a 1,000 rand a gig instead of uh, 90 rand a gig, which really makes no sense, and it seems to eat up your data at uh, no um, no rapid rate. Well, it's crazy. And one other thing that was mentioned, um, recently a report by My Broadband, interestingly enough, did a test, and they found that of all the networks, the only network that honestly does seem to steal your data is MTN. And they explained that it was all to do with LTE. And even if you never switched your LTE on, it would use your data because LTE is an always-on uh, type system. And um, they've promised, like the other networks, LCE and, MT- and uh, Vodacom and Telcom, to change the way that this works. And they're no longer going to be charging for the setting up of the connection. So in other words, you switch your phone on, your data's off. The fact that the phone then connects to the 4G LTE network shouldn't charge you money unless you actually do something like send a WhatsApp, download something, do some browsing. There should be no charge. And up to now, MTN have been charging you. And here's what's horrible. If you don't have a data bundle, they were charging you um, at out-of-data, out-of-bundle rates. So even a simple connection could cost you a rand. And 10 rand uh, airtime could disappear in the space of uh, a couple of weeks. So... Uh, I think MTN were a little bit surprised about that, and I think they're fixing that. They actually mentioned that they will be fixing that uh, in quite a big way. Now, another big happening that happened this week, we talked about it last week, was that Tesla um, have launched their Model 3. Now, the Tesla Model 3 was uh, and is a pretty revolutionary car. It's been hugely hyped. We talked about it last week, about all the, the benefits, but what happened for the first time is that the press actually got a chance to drive the car and for the first time there is talk that this is a car that will completely and utterly change the motor industry one thing that everyone cannot get over there is not one knob nor one button not one switch in the car everything is operated through a massive touchscreen like to know how that works and one day i will get a chance to play but they all maintain one thing as simple as this. This car will completely upend the mid-range of the car market. It is totally competitively priced with a BMW 3 Series and the Mercedes C-Class. Um, and in fact, it could even be cheaper because a lot of, lot of places in America and around the world give benefits, give you a special uh, tax back or a, feed, uh, a cash back if you buy an electric car. We don't have that in South Africa yet but it's something that apparently they are looking at. So imagine getting back uh, 75,000 rand on your car from the government if you um, buy an electric car. So that should be very interesting. And again, the rumor is that car will be coming to South Africa. So watch the space. I think Tesla has 
created something that could completely and utterly change the car market. And if you want to have a look, go look online. Tesla Model 3. Unbelievable reviews. Unbelievable um you know, hype, and uh, it seems that everything he promised Mr. Elon Musk actually came true. And on that note, we have a quick break, and then straight on to Tech Talk Cafe, where I've got a really interesting guest today. High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back, and welcome to our Tech Talk Cafe segment. And I had a really fascinating chat with... um a gentleman called Devin Sinclair, and he is the head of Mr. D Foods. Now, everyone's heard of Mr. Delivery. Uh, Mr. D is now <laughs> synonymous everywhere. And he has some amazing insights into what's going on in that space. And as you may or may not know, but Mr. D is owned 100% by Take-A-Lot, and they help with their deliveries as well. So straight on to my interview with Devin Sinclair. It really is so interesting to hear what's going on in that space. And the world of convenience and apps is totally alive and well in the hamburger business. Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on High FM. And with me, not in the studio, but we're doing this at the Slow Lounge in Santon, which is always cool, is Devin Sinclair, who's the head of Mr. D Foods. But that is a little misleading. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little about what Mr. D does. Hi. Well, Mr. D Food really is been born out of Mr. Delivery, the 25-year-old food delivery business that started in Cape Town in 1992. That was a, a motorbike and some french fries. That's right. <laughs> a lot has changed, particularly in the last two years, from the old Mr. Delivery into the new Mr. D Food. And that really started with Mr. Delivery being bought out by Takealot.com in 2014. Now, take a lot of the small little online Amazon-style operation in South Africa. That must have changed things considerably. Yes, it certainly did. I think ultimately we looked at what was going on with food delivery and more specifically online food delivery in the rest of the world and thought that there was an opportunity to take the existing delivery business and move it towards um, the technology space and what consumers were looking at in the more developed markets. So what are you seeing in the South African market in terms of Obviously, let's start with food delivery. You, mm-hmm. you guys are still involved in the food delivery business quite strongly. Yeah, very much so. And in fact, probably more so than ever. So with the, the unveiling of the new Mr. D Food app and um, more and more of our customers now ordering online, we've seen great growth in food delivery. And we continue to see this as the time poor, the ever increasingly time poor South African is looking for convenience in their life. And are you finding that there's significant growth in the food delivery business are people cutting back? I mean, we're in a bit of a tight recessionary environment, though, according to the government. It's technical, and this month it will be finished, so hopefully that's good news for all of us. But are you seeing a growth in that? And um, tell us a little bit about how you're competing with some international players in that space. Yes, yeah, so I think we're very fortunate to be seeing a large amount of growth. I think having revamped the whole business, um, not only in terms of producing an app for the customers, but also building technology for our restaurant partners and building technology for our driver network, all of which really made ordering much simpler and easier and delivery times that much faster, we've seen sort of almost exponential growth. Um, to give you an idea... And that's across the country. It's across the country. Uh, I mean, to give you an idea, we've had over 200,000 app downloads in the last six months. It's pretty significant. So, yeah, I mean, it's something we're very excited about. And then what we're seeing with the, the new Mystery Food and um, the proliferation of choice that we're providing the customers is that people are starting to use it more and more often. So even in an economic context where um, times are tight, um, people seem to be turning to our service and, and, and using it and enjoying using it. So now... The first step would be, obviously in the good old days, you used to pick up the phone, phone the restaurant, do you deliver? Yes, we do. It's mm. Mr. D. Or they got your little brochure, which they stuck on the, the fridge. But the, the right way to do it now is via your app. Yeah, absolutely via the app. And really that starts with 
when you're opening the app, finding out where you as an individual are. Because what we do now is take your exact location and see what restaurants are available to you in a distance that's not too far away so that we can make sure we can get the food from so the So you can optimize the delivery time. It doesn't come all cold and greasy. Well, that's the idea. I mean, what we, the goal we set for ourselves is how do we always ensure that the food gets from the restaurant to you as the customer in under 15 minutes? Of course, the food's got to be made first. But um, we, we, once the food's been made, there's sort of a maximum distance that can be traveled to try and achieve that goal. So by looking at every customer's unique location, we can try and achieve that for each and everybody, and everyone gets a, a broad selection of restaurants. Well, so, what's also important was that we exploded the number of restaurants available, and right now we have over 1,400 restaurants that are on the Mississippi Food app. And you obviously actively hunting down every restaurant. I mean, it's a no-brainer for a restaurant. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, we're actively hunting them down, but there's a number of restaurants hunting us down too. Um, ultimately, That's interesting. Ultimately, we let the customers decide where they would like to order from. But there, there is a real value to the restaurants themselves in terms of extra revenue through deliveries, extra exposure on our app, and also not having to worry about the hassle of managing deliveries themselves. So that's quite a big deal. So to get the app, obviously it's available on Android and iOS. So it's available on Android or iOS, and you can also visit our website, which um, is responsive to mobile as well. And um, we offer free delivery on your first order as well. So there's really no excuse. I didn't know about that one. But then again, I think I've been, I must register again, I think. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) Get free delivery when I register again. Um, But that... That was a great start. I mean, that's where things are right now. And I mean, obviously, with the introduction of Uber Eats and other Mm -hmm. companies in the country, the market seems to be getting more and more competitive. Do you see a local edge for you guys? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's no question that we have competitors and the space is more um, competitive than it's been before. But I think there's, there's a couple of really important things. So we've effectively been doing food delivery in the country for 25 years. So what that means is that, you know, not only have we learned a lot about operating in the South African market context, but we also have very strong relationships with some of the restaurant brands. So the likes of Spur, Rock Mamas, Nando's, KFC, for example, are all strong partners of ours, together with the hundreds of other restaurant choices we provide. The other thing that we think is really important in the South African context is we're the only player that still allow customers to pay cash on delivery. So they, they may order through the app and then pay the driver cash when the food arrives. And in our context, that's, that's a real advantage to many South African consumers. That's absolutely true because I saw a stat yesterday that only about 50% of people in South Africa have got credit cards, yeah. which, is, which is quite a number. And, I mean, it doesn't mean only those 50% can get deliveries. No, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge market segment that um, wants cash, you know, even if they do have a, have a credit card. And, and we, you know, we believe in, in providing choice to our customers. So whether that's choice in restaurant selection by, you know, whether it's in the brands or your local favorite, um, you know, choice in, in, in options of how you pay. And then the other thing is about choice in where you use the service. And how, give us a little bit of insight into how the technology has evolved. I mean, as I said, you used to mm. pick up the phone, phone the restaurant, tell them what you wanted. They made a note. They, uh, and they then, gave it to the, the Mr. Delivery guy who brought it to you. It was a very manual sort of environment. Yeah, I mean, you have to, it was a completely analog business. So I'll give you a, an amazing stat which even surprised ourselves. So in June 2016, the business was 80% phone call orders. In June 2017, it's 95% app. Wow. So, <laughs> so in, one, in the space of one year, you've just totally and utterly given it to the telephone companies. <laughs> you said it from me. <laughs> but so, so, I mean, that fundamental change, um, you know, it, it is quite drastic and very much in line with the trends of what's happened around the world. And there's no reason to believe that the South African customer is any different in terms of their behavior with a smartphone than a European or an American customer. Um, but as data gets cheaper and more and more people get smartphones, so more and more people are turning to, to mobile-based services as their preferred method of engagement with, with the company. Now, obviously, I've seen the app, and I mean, you can, you can actually browse through what you want. But mm-hmm. if you want to, you can still phone. You can still phone. It is a service that we, we provide. And that's through a central sort of uh, call center for now. That's right. It's a central call center. And, I mean, look, as we, as we will constantly review the value of having a phone in service, um, but given already 95% of our customers on the app, 
a small percentage on our website and only just a small percentage left, you know, phoning, um, that is something we'll make. Right for some more technological innovation, you'll have a bot. Well, I mean, the tech doesn't stop <laughs> at the app, and I think this is important. We didn't just put an app for the customers on the front of the business. We built sophisticated digital order communication technology for the restaurants. So every restaurant around the country, as soon as you use a customer order on that, gets the order printing out in their store almost immediately. And then we also bought, uh, built you know, sort of cutting-edge driver technology so that the drivers have an app themselves and we can allocate your delivery to the best and closest available driver. And this is all in the aims of making it for you as a customer as quick as possible, but it also allows us to update you each step of the order of when your food's been collected by the driver, when the driver's close by, and that obvious moment of delight when the driver's outside your door. Yeah, when he pulls up and says he's arriving. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> was that a huge challenge, I mean, in order to get all that together? So, I mean, it was a massive challenge. I mean, there was two sides to it. One was we realized to get to where we wanted to go, we'd have to rebuild everything from scratch. So we built all of this tech in-house with a team of engineers based in Cape Town. But we also had to change how some of the business model works too. And so what we did for our driver network is in order to maximize the efficiency and sort of scale of that, is we had to leverage the synergies for tech lot. Um, and that really allowed us to put all of the pieces of the puzzle together, the various aspects of the technology, as well as an improved business model that um, allowed us to, to scale it out across the whole country. And that's quite an interesting thing. I mean, you've got a, a delivery ag- arrangement with Take-A-Lot, who yeah. are also a massive force in the South African e-commerce space. And in many respects, the fact that you can order now before nine and have it delivered same day, along with your burger possibility, <laughs> uh, <laughs> possibly, um, Changes a lot of things. Has that synergy really worked very well? A retailer or an e-tailer and a food delivery organization? Yeah, in many respects, they're complementary. I mean, if you think about it, the busiest time for food delivery is Friday night when very few take-a-lot parcels are being delivered. But there's not a lot of people ordering lunch or dinner between 2 and 4 in the afternoon. So, I mean, I think in terms of being able to scale the driver network, them allowing to do multiple types of deliveries um, gives us a, a significant advantage. And obviously you've, you've leveraged that. So very similar platforms are used for the deliveries of parcels as for the deliveries of food. Uh, to an extent, I think food delivery is a very specific type of delivery because of the immediacy. If I don't get to your, to your food to you, um, you know, certainly in under an hour, you're a very unhappy customer. Under an hour, forget about it. <laughs> so, Cancel I mean, on no, the app. Exactly. So, I mean, that 15-minute goals, so some of the underlying systems are the same, but there, there are a lot of specifics that we have to build that are that are unique to food delivery. And that hasn't created massive complications and confusion in for the drivers, certainly, and for the, the network, because yeah, I mean, being we, dedicated to the one or the other, you know, one's a career service and the other one's a literally an on-demand food delivery service. So we don't profess to be perfect, but I mean, this is something we continuously iterate on um, and test and try new things. And I mean, it is in the mix of delivery. It's not to say that on a given point, a driver isn't just doing parcels today or just doing food. So all your drives are multi-function. In other words, they do... They're a driver for both operations. They can, yes. Do they always is a function of necessity. Of the system. Yeah, the system... The practicalities. Um, so there's no there's no simple answer to say how we do it, but the leveraging the mix where it makes sense is definitely an advantage. How much has technology helped you in that? Because again, a courier service goes from a central distribution site to many customers, where a restaurant goes from multiple sites, like restaurants all over the show. I know yeah. regional. Um, to individual homes. So it's, it's a very different type of operation. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is um, the complexity in delivering, you know, a pizza or a burger is actually not to be underestimated, never mind uh, delivering over 100,000 orders a month, which is what we're currently doing through our apps. So technology is absolutely critical. Um, if it wasn't for the digital order communication, we wouldn't get restaurants immediately making the food. If it wasn't driver allocation algorithms, we wouldn't get the right driver to execute it. If it wasn't for GPS tracking, we wouldn't be able to notify you of what stage the delivery is in or monitor when things go wrong. So whilst the old Mr. Delivery did its best to deliver to you as well as it could and, and did remarkable in, in years gone, you know, remarkably well in years gone by, um, technology is completely pervasive in the, in the new Mr. Food business and, and we, you know, we really couldn't do without it. 
Because I think people actually underestimate how involved this all is. You order a burger, for example, from <laughs> Rockamama's Rosebank. Yes. You live somewhere near there. You've got to first get it made, get it picked up while it's still warm, delivered to the customer while it's still edible, and then get the driver off to the next thing. And it's all got to happen along with 30,000 other things that are happening. Yeah, potentially take a credit card payment in the middle there somewhere well, as that's well. That's sort of a, a, uh, a given, yeah, but so, still. But, but, but again, like it's all these things that we take for granted that, that all require um, some technological innovation or some partnership with a specialist uh, technology provider. And are those, this is just really interesting. A lot of people say this type of technology is something that's developed best in the you know, the, the more developed world. Was this all built locally using local partners who put this together for you guys, or did you buy stuff from overseas? Yeah, I mean, certainly um, all of the platforms and the apps were built in-house in our office in Cape Town. Um, we leverage technology of payment port- portal providers that, that, Fair that are offshore. And, I mean, there's, there's certain technology standards which you implement. But, um, you know, we, we could introduce you to the, the team of South Africans who, who built all of this technology. Because that's quite a story in and of itself. I mean, this is an Uber-style operation, and everyone, I mean, every conference you go to, everyone you talk to, they hold up Uber as the transformative company that changed everything. Yes. Meanwhile, you guys were quietly doing exactly the same thing in Cape Town without any uh, mention. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's also about building a product that works for customers. So as much as building technology was an important plus, uh, part of it, and, you know, we're very proud of having built it all in, in-house, and certainly as a, as a South African-based company with a long history, it, it made a lot of sense for us to do it that way. Um, but it's about building the tech and then also making sure it's operationally sound. There's a lot of time spent in testing the operation, analyzing the analytics, you know, before really aggressively rolling it out to customers. We wanted the, the, the whole tech and the product to be at a point that we could confidently stand behind the experience that a customer was going to have. And, and essentially, it's now pretty seamless. It seems to operate reasonably well. The other question is, are the drivers and your driver network, are they employed by, by you guys or are they freelance in an Uber-type sense? So our, our driver network belongs to effectively a franchise network that executes all of these deliveries. So our drivers are a mix of employees, part-time workers and subcontractors to our franchisees. So they don't work directly for, for Mr. D Food, but obviously they, we work closely with the, the franchise partners and, and they have these relationships with the drivers. What it does allow us to do, though, is we have these vested owners who um, you know, manage and, and oversee our drivers, as well as franchise compliance team who make sure that both our owners and our drivers follow all of our standard operating procedures. And uphold your, your sort of brand image and yeah, keep I mean, you going. The drivers are as important to, to our brand and, and for that matter, the, the Take Lot brand um, as, as anything else that we put out there. Now, I can see. Remarkable how 16 minutes disappears like sure. that. But... Give us a little sense of where you guys are going with this. I mean, it's obviously you've got some ideas and some plans going forward in the space. Anything you care to share? Yeah, I mean, I think we really do foresee quite exponential growth from here. I mean, we, we mentioned we've had over 200,000 people download our app in the last six months. We don't think it's unrealistic at all for that number to double before the end of the year. That's 2017. 2017. All of five months left. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that gives you an idea of, of some of our ambition. And really, you know, I think the other thing is less than 1% of all food ordered in South Africa last year was ordered online. In food delivery in some of the developed markets, 35% was done online. So there's a huge margin for growth in this. Well, we'd like to think so. And allied products, I mean, you're now delivering a ton of stuff. I mean, there's no question that uh, Take A Lot is doing a ton of different things. Yeah, I mean, look, we're very focused on the food business. I think, you know, with that growth in customers, we'll come and grow in more restaurant partners. And right now, delivering as much food to as many people as possible is, is our clear focus. And the other side of the business is just a sort of volume add-on in many ways. Yeah, I mean, as I said, that becomes a, a slightly like broader discussion outside of the Mr. B food business. But you know, our, our logistics network that, that services the group will you know will continue to to execute deliveries. But certainly, Mr. B food is, is focused on on the restaurants and, and feeding as many customers as possible. Well, talk about feeding. The last thing I'd like to ask. Obviously, you've seen been following what's going on in Amazon in the US. They started yes. off virtual and now. They've landed up buying a grocery delivery, a grocery uh, chain. 
Do you see something like that happening in the South African context at some point once you've got a delivery network that is efficient and, and convenient for the average customer? So, I mean, we, we never say never to anything. Um, but right now, I don't see myself opening up a restaurant. Um, I'll put it to you that way. But, Your own um, chain of Mr. D Burgers. <laughs> that's not, not on the short-term horizon. But certainly, where opportunities present themselves and make sense, we, we will explore them. But right now, the, the headroom to grow and, and what is the core Mr. D food business remains a big challenge all on its own. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your insights. And for our listeners, all they have to do is go to the App yeah. Store or the... Uh, so if they search Mr. D Food on either the Play Store or the Apple App Store or go to mrdfood.com. Um, if you register, there's a free delivery coupon in the registration email. And we invite you to basically make the big decision of what do you feel like. <laughs> decisions, decisions. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. KFM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk. And really, I thoroughly enjoyed my chat there because Mr. D is just so much part of the fabric of urban South Africa for many, many, many years. And it's incredible how quickly they've shifted from being a manual burger delivery service into this sophisticated technology play. And it makes Absolute sense. So we got Uber for the burger, locally built, locally developed, and um, available right now. Download the app. Oh, and here's a little thing. I don't know if he mentioned it, but you get a 20% sign-on bonus. I think he did. But don't forget that. Download the app and get 20% off your first order. Nothing wrong with that. Now, moving on to my, as you well know, my favorite part of the show where I get to play with all these gizmos and gadgets and all the toys. And uh, my toy of the week, something I've been having a lot of fun with. It's an absolute conversation starter. Certainly not great if you want to do much else, but (laughs) certainly works, is the Nokia 3310. Now, that Nokia, the local agents of of HMD, who are the new owners of Nokia and the Nokia brand, um, sent one over with a little packet of uh, of gummy bears, well, gummy bear, gummy snakes. And uh, that was a real little allusion to the, the classic game on this phone, and that's called Snakes. But apart from Snakes, it is a really fun take on an old, old, old classic. It certainly harks back instantly. People see this phone. You can see, oh, is that the old Nokia? No, no, it's the new Nokia 3110. And very simply put, it is an incredibly low-cost 2G basic phone. Nothing smart about it at all. Not, what Nokia have done is they've improved the screen no end. It is a, a really decent full color screen. It has a two megapixel camera, which gives you those grainy, awful pictures, but it certainly has a camera. It also has a web browser, which is really interesting, running on edge. So don't expect any high resolution pictures, YouTube videos, or anything of that sort. And the biggest omission or issue for me, for many people, is that it has no WhatsApp. There is absolutely no way you can send WhatsApp messages. You are limited, essentially, on a communication basis to using voice calls, which are excellent. I must tell you, I made a few voice calls on this little yellow uh, phone in my hand, and excellent, excellent voice quality. Um, And you can send the odd SMS if you really want to, and that's about it. That's where the technology ends. But on the flip side, and this is where it really gets interesting, as a add-on phone, as a spare phone or an emergency phone or you name it, keep it in your cubbyhole, do what you want, keep it in your bag, it has 30 days battery life. Now, I got this two days ago. I haven't charged it and the battery hasn't budged. I've made a whole lot of phone calls, obviously played with it a lot. A lot of people have fiddled with it. The battery hasn't budged. So I would say 30 days battery life, that's one month, not one hour like most smartphones these days. You know, you're running around with battery packs, 30 days of standby time. And even more remarkable, you can chat all day on this thing, 22 hours, nearly a full day of talk time uh, on this phone. So Obviously, your standby drops as you talk, but the fact is you could really keep this in your pocket or keep it in your bag, keep it in your car, keep it wherever you want as an emergency phone, and um, put 50 Rand on a pay-as-you-go 
as long as it's not empty. Well, it's, no, MTN won't have a problem with this one. It's not 4G, not LTE, so you wouldn't have any uh, data creepage. But uh, it, it's just a remarkable little toy. It has the old T9 keyboard, so you've got to remember how to type using the three keys, which is really funny. And the, the predictive text is quite interesting. It doesn't quite pick up quite the same way as you, you seem to remember. But it was a real... It's a real throwback to the good old days of of mobile when basically phones were phones and uh, computers were computers. Today, the modern computer uh, is pretty much a phone. So things have gone a long, 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 long way. But if you're looking for something, it's, I've seen it in the country at around about four to six hundred rand. You should be able to pick it up pretty much anywhere. And as a second phone or a phone for someone who really just needs to communicate with you, it's got an FM radio. So that's really important. It's even got a headphone jack. So it doesn't have a torch, which is quite interesting, but it has got a flash. So, oh no, sorry, it does have a torch. Excuse me. It has all these basic features that you really do need. And it even has a usable, if incredibly slow, web browser. What it does not have is Wi-Fi. So you can't connect it to a Wi-Fi network. But um, honestly, the amount of data that this phone uses, even at two rand, uh, a meg, you're not going to use up your airtime incredibly quickly. And uh, it, it's just fully functional, and it's great fun, great conversation starter, coming in a whole host of really interesting bright colors, red and, and white and yellow and green, and, of course, the ubiquitous gray. So if you're looking for something just to keep around as a as a emergency phone or even as a main phone for someone who really doesn't want to get involved in, in anything complicated. I think this is a great choice. It seems well built. It looks pretty indestructible like the original one. The back pops off. Replaceable battery should you want to keep two months worth of battery lying around. So have a look. The new Nokia 3110. It's available now pretty much across... Oh, 3310, not 3110, sorry. The 3310. It's available now pretty much anywhere. Um, and uh, go and have a little look-see at it. Now another Another thing that crossed my desk, and this is something that I've been playing with uh, for a little while, I've mentioned it on air quite a few times um, over the last little while, is something that actually makes a huge difference to the internet in anyone's home. Now, a lot of people have phoned me. I've spoken to a lot of uh, people around town who've had a lot of interesting experiences when they've moved from ADSL to high-speed fiber or to any other form of sort of high-speed internet, be it even um, the the LTE versions. They have a lot of trouble with connecting to Wi-Fi. Things seem to be a little bit unstable. The more people that connect in the network, in the home, the more, you know, difficult it gets and they're rebooting routers and it's just not a really good seamless experience well the the gents at Fritzbox now they're a, they're a company called AVM from Germany it's available from South Africa pretty much everywhere but the company that imports it is a company called Nology with an N N-O-L-O-G-Y you can check them out on the web go to their website and find out where to get these devices but the Fritzbox is one is a high end router that um, for many years made my ADSL experience far better. And now they've released a stripped-down version. Their top-end version, the 7940, the 7630, those units had incredible functionality. They had a built-in switchboard, they had built-in ADSL, they had built-in, um, you know, um, media servers and all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, and, in fact, they even had, uh, you know, sort of routing and you could do all sorts of interesting stuff with it really a high-end device at a very reasonably high price between two seven and three three thousand seven hundred rand well they've released a new version called the 4040 now the 4040 should be in the stores in south africa right now um there was the older 4030 but the 4040 is essentially a stripped down fritz box with all the same processing power all the same technology um all the same bits and pieces, but with none of the frills. There's no phone. There's no uh, ability to connect it to wireless phones. There's no switchboard built in. There's no um, ADSL built in at all. It's designed specifically for use with some form of alternative connectivity like fiber. And here's something that's really interesting. And I know a lot of people have been complaining about their little modems they get with uh, telecom. They get the little Huawei modem 
a Wi-Fi unit which connects via LTE to the network. But here's where it gets super interesting. In a in the average home, we used to have one or two things connected to the internet. You used to have your your computer, you used to have maybe your laptop, and maybe an iPad or two. There were four to six connections. Today, it is proliferated at an alarming rate. Apart from anything, everyone with a smartphone walks into your house. So there's four of you, the average family. There are now four cell phones connected. There are four iPads. There are four laptops. There's the fridge, possibly. There's the computer. There's the TV. You name it, there's a whole host of things all connecting to the Internet. And the vast majority of those are doing it through Wi-Fi. No one's running around with all these funny cables and RJ45 plugs and plugging stuff in. That, again, seems to have gone out with the window, uh, with the, you know, with the dodo. So... We now got a situation where you need a router that can handle multiple connections doing really interesting things. So you're watching Netflix on your iPad, you're watching Netflix on your computer, your Xbox is downloading an update, and even on a massive 100 meg line, you'll find all of a sudden your experience has become really poor. You're struggling, things are not working, uh, YouTube is buffering, and it shouldn't be happening because here you've got this latest fiber line or this fancy fast 30, 40, 50 meg LTE connection. Well, it all comes down to the router itself. A lot of routers simply don't have the processing power to deal with all these things. Or what they also don't have are the multiple frequency radios to connect multiple uh, Wi-Fi connections at the best possible data speed. Well, the good news is, and this is what I've been playing with, this little Fritz box, which should retail in the 1500 Rand range, which is not terribly expensive, has multiple radios, the 2.4 and 5 gig radios, which can work simultaneously. And a lot of phones, a lot of computers will pick the best one. It has the possibility to plug a USB in with a little media server so you can plug it in. It also comes with what they call gigabit LAN and gigabit WAN. So gigabit is a 1,000 megabits per second when most people are only talking about 100 megabits per second. But that's moving quickly. Vumatel have launched their 200 megabits per second fiber this month, and it's available for about 100 rand more. Who wouldn't want double the speed for 100 rand a month? But that's a story for another day. But... Um, more importantly, what it has is a really high-end processor and the ability to handle multiple, multiple streams in a really simple, easy way. And uh, all you need to do is plug it into your fiber box, plug it into your LTE modem, um, and it would make a huge difference. As good as that little LTE modem is, plugging in a decent Wi-Fi setup makes all the difference. It allows you to do all sorts of things. And I must tell you, at any point in time, I've had up to 40 devices connected to this particular little one, the Fitzbox 4040, and absolutely no problem. Streaming continued. People were do- downloading. All sorts of things were happening. Other people were uploading YouTube. No problem. Up to 40 connections without a blink. And the other thing, in the two weeks I've been using this device as my main device at home, I've ha- I've not had to reboot it once. It's just worked absol- absolutely seamlessly. So many of the companies, when you sign up for Fibo, you sign up, you get a router, you get a modem. But um, often they are not quite of the same quality that you need. And I highly recommend this new Fritz box. They have others, but this one seems really good value Really well priced. It's available, I think, at Incredible Connection and a lot of other places. So have a look out. It's called the Fritz Box 4040. It's red. It's got little fins. It's quite funky looking. Um, and uh, certainly will help you keep the peace at home. So when dad leaves uh, and the Wi-Fi stops working, you won't get all those frantic phone calls. And on that note, I can see we have once again run out of time. Um, this is Stephen Ambrose right here on High FM with Tech Talk. Stay tuned. Uh, every Thursday from 11 to 12. And you can even download it from the website if you miss something or you want to hear something again. So go to the website, highfm.com. Go to uh, shows. Go to my podcast, Tech Talk, on Thursdays, 11 to 12. Download it or listen to it online. Stream it if you've got all the bandwidth you need. And um, listen in to all the new tech gadgets, news, and happenings in the tech world. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM.